hit her nose or something at school today. Oh, my goodness. Back to me yet, so I'm trying to figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Oh, she's, she's okay, though? Uh, she must be. Otherwise, okay. I'm sure I would have got a cold <laughs> from somebody panicking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> trying to pull up my questions. I'm fine. Good. It's been one of those days I haven't seen an email all day. <laughs> my inbox is on like a million right Okay, first question. Will fans be allowed in the stadium this season? As of today, July 12th, yes. Okay. <laughs> um, and that's going to be dictated both by the state of Maryland and the city of Baltimore. We will take our leave from uh, the requirements that they put in place, but we are anticipating the ability to allow fans back into our events. Okay, um, next question. What were the determining factors that went into making that decision? Uh, first, the legal guidance from the state mm -hmm. um, and the city of Baltimore. I think second to that was the health and safety of the Morgan campus and community. Mm -hmm. And then third is the safety of our fans and spectators. And I believe where we are as a country now, where we are as a state and a city uh, with the coronavirus, that uh, we should be able to have folks in our stadium. And what are the protocols that, that went into this coming season to allow everybody back? Yeah, we're working on them okay. now. Um, the first part is trying to figure out the vaccine rates of our student athletes, mm -hmm. right? So we're looking at it as a department in general, uh, what percentage of our department is vaccinated. Then we're gonna look at individual teams. Uh, so we have a clear understanding um, from that aspect. And then uh, we'll use the NCAA's guidance for national protocol. And then we'll work with the campus committee that's headed by Dr. Hawkins um, to make sure that anything we do athletically falls in line with the parameters that campus is allowing us to work with it. So I have a question. So say for instance, like a student athlete, like have a, like a religious belief in not getting vaccinated. Mm -hmm. How, what's gonna happen for that student? What are the requirements for that student coming back? Well, see, you athlete. asked the question about a student-athlete, but it's it's not really a student-athlete because first and foremost, they're students at Morgan. Mm -hmm. So the athletic department will have to fall in line with whatever the university protocol mm -hmm. is. And as of today, the university protocol is there are two exceptions. One is religious and the other is medical. Okay. And so we'll have to give our student-athletes those same exceptions. Um, now, we don't know how that's going to impact their ability to play their sport, mm -hmm. right? Because of travel and some of the other things. So. That's what we're working through as we get more guidelines from the NCAA and from the MEAC conference. Mm -hmm. When um, I've seen a couple of athletes in the gym, are all the athletes back yet or just some? Uh, just some. Okay. Uh, right now we have uh, a large number of our football student athletes back because they didn't play last year. Mm -hmm. And then we have men's and women's basketball. 
um, because that was part of our deal in our NCAA uh, major infractions case uh, to get them back so they could get acclimated. And then we have uh, all the rest of the students that are taking summer two classes. So right now we have a total of about 110 uh, student athletes that are back in some shape, form, or fashion this summer session. Will that will the athletes be required to wear a mask even if they are vaccinated? Uh, well, we're going to follow campus's guidelines. So if campus says that everyone has to wear a mask, then we'll wear a mask. Uh, if campus says we don't, then we won't. Um, I think the NCAA though is going to have their own guidelines about testing and masks that we're going to have to follow when we're traveling for competition. Uh, when we're at a, the opposing venue to play somebody else. So I think some of that is still to be determined, um, but that's something we're going to monitor. Okay, and then the next question. So I know a lot of athletes and just people in general was upset about the Sha um, Shakari Richardson thing, missing the Olympics. Yeah. Um, what are the protocol if a player tests positive for a substance? What type of substance? Just like, for example, like weed or just like weed, basically. Well, you, you use the word substance is very general okay. word, right? <laughs> yeah. So I know her situation. Mm -hmm. The Olympics has their own protocol, which she broke the protocol. Mm -hmm. And whether how I feel about it personally for her doesn't matter because that protocol has been in place. Mm -hmm. I will say that the NCAA still considers marijuana uh, to be a banned substance. And so therefore, uh, all student athletes in Division One are still prohibited from using marijuana. And so if they were to do that, we would have to follow the university's drug testing protocol and any NCAA related protocols as well. Do you know how long they would, you know what I mean, if they do test positive, how long they will be out for? Or is it like a, a, a just a couple of games or is it like a whole month or two months? But it, it doesn't, so uh, it doesn't work in a vacuum okay. as you described, mm -hmm. right? So the first offense in our department is actually an educational sanction because we believe our job is to be educators. Mm -hmm. And so before we just start punishing people, we need to educate them about what they're doing, what it can do to their body, why it's a banned substance and all of that. The next level, if they were repeat offenders, there's a certain amount of uh, percentage of a season they would miss. And then if it occurs again, there are more severe consequences from that. So it just depends on the substance and depends on how many times someone has tested positive for a particular substance. And then we would deal with it like that. Okay. Are there any protocols for athletes who are who deal with mental health issues? When you say protocols, what do you mean? Like just like so, if a player comes to you or some or a coach and say like I'm dealing with mental health or I'm depressed, is there any protocols that follow that or? So one of the things that I would caution you about as a reporter, and I don't mind that you're recording this because okay. you'll take it out, is make sure you're asking what you want to know. Okay. Right? So there are a ton of mental health protocols. Okay on campus and in the athletic department. Every situation is different. If someone comes to us and they are a danger to themselves or others, we would immediately call the police and then get the police here to make sure they're safe and anyone else around them is safe. And then we would triage what the mental health issues are. If they're not a danger to themselves or somebody else, then we can work with our MedStar partners. There are medical health providers um, for all of our medical needs. And then we would work to either get that person immediate on-campus counseling if it was available, or we would work to help them find and pay for off-campus counseling. Mm -hmm. So we, we have plenty of protocols in place. We take mental health very seriously. It's just hard for me to answer a very general question mm -hmm. 
um, because I wouldn't want to treat every mental health issue as the same. I think it would be unfair to our students, um, but I think we have pretty good protocols in place for when uh, mental health issues do occur. Mm -hmm. What more can be done overall in sports when it comes to protecting athletes' mental health? It's a really good question. I think the first part is awareness and education. I think the more professional athletes that have come out about their mental health issues, like Kevin Love, Delonte West, there's been some WNBA players. I think Naomi Osaka mm -hmm. uh, is another one from uh, professional tennis. I think it makes it easier for student athletes when they see professional athletes talking about their mental health issues because they know they're not alone. Uh, and then I think the coaches and administrators like myself have to be willing to check in with our students, right? And, and be willing to really understand what they're going through and what they're feeling and, and be okay with saying, we don't have all the answers, but we're willing to help you find them. And I think when we try to partner with the students that way, students are much more likely to uh, be open and honest and if they're open and honest, we can usually get them better help. Okay. And this is the last question. Okay. Have you, have you noticed any difference in how athletes are dealing with their mental health during the season? Uh, last year was hard just because of COVID, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I think in a lot of ways, uh, COVID exacerbated, right? Any issues that folks were dealing with. Um, so I, I can't say that I've seen a, a great shift because... Um, we just haven't had them back in a normal sense. Mm -hmm. um, but my hope is if they are dealing with some additional mental health issues, they'll let us know because we're willing to get them the help. Um, but that will be something I will be paying attention to over the course of this academic year because I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be new again for a lot of people to be back on a campus. There are going to be different pressures and, and different triggers, and I think we really need to pay attention to that um, because the atmosphere this academic year is going to be completely different than it was online. And so so I haven't seen it yet, but I am paying attention for it because I, I'm thinking there will be some differences uh, for student athletes. Okay. Thank you so much for this interview. Thank you. That was easy. <laughs> that was fun. Oh, and I meant what I said about those questions. Like,